Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We like to measure uh, you know, all kinds of things, uh, but in the social sciences, uh, it's very difficult to get data which is immediately current. Because why? Well, because you have to measure it, and that means you know there are all kinds of tests and research and surveys and analysis that has to go into it. So we've got uh, data for 2019 dealing with social hostility related to religion, and we've got uh, this is the most recent uh, data from 2019 about government restrictions of religion. And there's something that might strike people as paradoxical. Social hostility uh, related to religion declined in 2019, while government restrictions uh, on religion remain at their highest levels. With me right now to talk about this and also to help us understand better the plight of the church in need around the world, Zed Clancy, Director of Outreach for Aid to the Church in Need. You can follow their work at churchinneed.org. Ed, good to have you back. Thanks. You're very welcome, Al. It's good to talk to you, even if it's not such a wonderfully happy subject. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit strange. Uh, so, in tw- again, I want to point out, this is the 2019 uh, is the day, this is the year that we've got the, the most recent mm-hmm. data on. So it said that social hostilities related to religion declined, and that was actually for the fifth straight year, or terrorism declined for the fifth straight year. Um, why would that be? What were the? I mean, back in 2014, that uh, ISIS was hot, Boko Haram was hot. Uh, have we just had a, a falling off of those kind of terrorist organizations? Well, I, I think if you look at the, we're talking about the Pew study here, and if you look at the way they calculate that number, the social hostility. Yeah, go ahead. And they categorize it. They have a groupings. They have a four different groups in, of of activities, and one of them is. Um, recruitment and fundraising. And that is the area that has dropped significantly. In fact, you know, according to their study for 2019, it's down to only, you know, two countries where that happens. Whereas back in, um, you know, the, the height of it, it would be 2014-15, there are 28 countries. Wow. So that would have pushed the index up by, say, 26. Mm-hmm. The, I think the important numbers to look at in their breakdown is that sort of the last grouping, which is violence resulting in more than 50 deaths, which is, you know, significant violence. I mean, it's not like two people get into a fight. This is like community of violence. Yeah. And you'll see that that has remained almost the same. I mean, it's 28, 30, 32, 31, 29. It's almost exactly the same each of the last seven years, hmm. um, eight years, in fact. Interesting. So they just show you that part of their number, their metric, has gone down significantly. And that's the area of recruitment and fundraising. Now, again, how do they know this? I don't know. I wasn't able to drill down and better look at, you know, what data they were looking at. But it does show you that, you know, it does skew the numbers a bit because back in 2015, there were 28 countries that set that category. And if you add 26 to 49, you are now back up to uh, 75, which is right about the high. Interesting. Okay. So it it would be interesting to know how that uh, that number was arrived at. Uh, we don't we don't yeah. know the criterion they used, huh? Right. And the other thing is with, when you were talking about the government restrictions. Yeah. Government restrictions are at an all time high. I yeah. mean, they're you know the, the highest index number that they've ever given. Given. 
the same for uh, 2019 as it was for two other uh, three other years, I think, 2011, 12, and 13, something like that. So Why is that? you see that there's, well, we, we when we did our religious freedom report over the last year and a half, the thing that we noticed was there's a much more um, focused and scientific way of doing these things. Uh, so now you see repressive surveillance. You see places like China, and it's, they're they're exporting the, their surveillance capabilities to the Middle East and Africa and other countries. Mm. And then you also see the rise of these sort of transnational, um, in a sense, uh, evil NGOs. <laughs> they they recruit outside using the internet as some sort of like cyber caliphate, and they hmm. infect governments. So you see it; it's an infection all through Africa. Um, we saw the rise of jihadi extremism throughout the the middle belt of Africa. You know, all the way from, you know, say going from uh, Ghana all the way east to Ethiopia. You see these all of these countries with with some sort of activity at the government level, as well as social. You know, the jihadi kind of um, you know terrorist groups. Yeah, yeah. So by the internet, you've got these again transnational groups uh, that are out there. Mm-hmm. They're gain, are they gaining uh, influence then within nation states? In other words, they're they're not abiding in that nation state, but they're able to recruit in that nation state. They're able to influence policy from outside uh, the country itself. We 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 believe so. Yeah, and I think yeah. the other thing that we should look at is that 2019 was the year that you know the U.S. and Allied forces really squashed. ISIS in the Middle East, in uh, in Iraq and Syria, and those neighboring countries. And that was at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. So in a sense, you know, you you correctly saying that the, you know all of this um, sociological data is in a sense antiquated. We're looking two years back or right. three years back right. before we can even understand it. So 2019 might just be a dip. Um, it might just be that was the year that you know some of these radical groups were on the defensive, not on the, not on the offensive. Um, another thing to look at is some of the underreported or unreported crimes that's happening. Sure. We have found a vast increase in sexual violence against women in minority religious groups, in particular Christians. It is constantly happening all throughout many countries, and it doesn't get reported because of the stigmat, uh, in its stigmatization of the woman. Right. As well as the fact that, you know, the, the victim is just afraid. <laughs> You know, afraid to come out, knowing that not only are they going to be you know, ostracized by their community, there may be violence against them and their family, yeah. so they don't report it. You know, yeah. the, the young girls that get stolen, uh, abducted, raped, etc., and it's called a marriage and forced conversion. Right, it's happening, yeah. and yet these probably don't get reported as you know events. This is. Um, would you say then that uh, global? jihadist or Islamist, I'm not sure what the right word would be, but mm-hmm. uh, that kind of Salafist uh, Sunni terrorism is how is that continuing to grow or has it reached its peak? Um, I think it's spreading more than growing. I, I think, you know, the um, you know, like the intensity in certain countries is going down. Okay. Maybe if we look at Syria and Iraq, it's not happening because, well, there are just so many less Christians there. Yeah. 
um, that's a possibility. And also in some of these, uh, some of the, the nations in Africa where things are going on, it gets pushed into these um, tribal conflicts like the Fulani herdsmen who, you know, are supposed to be just herdsmen looking for grazing land when, you know, the bishops and priests and nuns who live there say, no, they target Christian towns. Yeah. They target yeah. Christian fields and they destroy Christian opportunity. We have markets in, in Nigeria where Christian farmers no longer sell their, their, their goods because they're afraid to go there. Wow. And so they, you eliminated a source of income, and quite often you eliminated the possibility of the family staying in the region. So, you know, these are, these are all things that are happening, and it's, it's hard to know if it's growing so much as it's kind of at a peak, but it's just spread. It's, mm-hmm. you know, going into different places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, is a, this has got to be a, 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 a new feature for uh, political scientists, too, as they're trying to figure out the long-term ramifications of these kind of mm-hmm. non-governmental actors uh, that are out there and how uh, the, the spread of them is likely to change uh, the, the future of nations. And that's why I'm interested in, in if, they're, if they're growing, if they're, are, they, are they wielding more influence in particular nation states than they once did? Or uh, are they simply spreading, um, and they have, haven't been able to recruit, I guess, very effectively recently? So, what, what do, if you, we look at the particulars, I mean, say we pick Nigeria for an example. Yeah. Now, Nigeria is split somewhat between Christians and Muslims in equal number. And yet, now, this definite predominance of the effects of, especially the Fulani Muslims, in that they have all of the head positions in government from the president on downward, and a lot of the military leadership. So you see something there like that. Then you have these other, other areas where, for example, in the Eritrean region of Ethiopia and Eritrea, mm-hmm. you have groups of people, a tribe there that is very much you know, put upon by multiple forces, including government actors in Eritrea who are Marxist. And then you have some sort of tribal problems going on within Ethiopia, you know, for control of the land and region and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there is this kind of mixed bag yeah. of things. And the fact that, like, Nigeria, there's definitely more influence uh, on side of the, the Muslims in the government there. And the, the church is crying out now. Bishop Puka, who is very much willing to work with, um, you know, um, Buhari when he came into power is now just saying they, there's there's no working with them they're yeah. they're criminals and it, it's almost becoming universal call within the bishops of, of Nigeria that this is an ongoing war against Christians in Nigeria hmm. and you know the, 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 then the, the the states around them all of these other countries you know the what's going on in Cameroon what's going on in in uh, you know some of these smaller countries that are, that are attached to um, Nigeria, Sudan, yeah. et cetera, that there's problems there as well. And, you know, so we, we do see that kind of influence. I mean, South Sudan, which should have more Christian um, control, is losing its control. Yeah. It's losing, uh, the Christians are losing power and economic and, and government power. Do you know what the continued global uh, influence of China what that might what influence that might uh, i mean you know they're talking about now uh, the, i know beijing received their highest delegation ever from the taliban a few months ago and i'm just just curious to know 
I can't imagine that the, the Communist Chinese Party is especially sympathetic to jihadists. Well, they're not, but they they are, um, you know, akin in certain things. They they have the same sort of um, brutal methods. Yeah. Uh, now, the Communist Chinese, what they're doing is they're exporting their control mechanisms, you know, the, the social controls, network filtering, uh, the ability to, um, to you know, uh, bioidentify people, uh, things like that. And then through their Belt and Road Initiative, where they're right. lending, quote-unquote, giving or lending money to a lot of these very impoverished nations to build roads or infrastructure around um, railway stations or ports, and then it's sort of like a balloon mortgage <clears throat> in that when, you know, five or ten years after the, the loan is signed, the debt is due. Right. And right. The, these countries can't pay it. So what they do is part of negotiation is, well, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay it. We'll just take over the port and we'll run it for you. Yeah. And then, of course, they control commerce in that in that area or in that country. Right. And it's the same thing when they start doing with Internet, when they start offering Internet services in these countries. Because now they have their fingers in all of electronic activities going on, financial and otherwise. Wow. Ed, how do people stay in touch with your work? Oh, well, visit us at churchandme.org. And uh, please, please pray for these people that are living out there on the edge. Yeah. Uh, they need our prayers and they need our support. Thanks so much, Ed. Good talking with you again. You're very welcome. Take care. God bless. Edward Clancy, aid to the church in need. Follow their work. It's important.